Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello. Is it the UK Tech Weekly Podcast you're looking for? Listener, I sincerely hope so, because this is the latest edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, delivered to your head each and every Friday like a seven-day birthday, keeping you abreast of the latest happenings in the hip-hop happening world of tech. This is your weekly spoonful of audio sugar, from the supernatural nannies who bring you PC Advisor, Tech World, Mac World UK and Computer World UK. Every seven days we rent out a church hall and form an audio support group, caring through sharing on the big issues of the week in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. You can hear us thanks to our sponsor Audio Technica and find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Now, don't forget to subscribe, review and tell your friends. It's called social media for a reason. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the inspiring Christina Mercer, online editor of techworld.com. Hello. The bullets-firing Lewis Painter, staff writer of PC Advisor. Hello. And the mostly tiring David Price, acting editor of Macworld UK. Hello. How are you, Matt? I'm very good, thank you. In this week's episode, we are all over Huawei's P9 launch. We're talking WhatsApp, encryption and the Panama Papers, and we will be saying hi and asking why in the Wi-Fi versus Li-Fi debate. Stay tuned for that one. It's a great show with a cracking cast, so let's do this. Huawei, oh, Huawei, oh. <laughs> Lewis Painter, Wow, you spent a lot of time in the middle of Battersea Park yesterday, and it wasn't because you were checking out the monkey in the zoo. <laughs> what gives? Well, Huawei has just launched their brand new flagship phone, the Huawei P9. And I do the hand gestures all the time, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, along with the P9 Plus, which is its bigger brother, like the 6S and the 6S Plus, and all those other phones. Uh, the thing that makes this different is the dual camera setup, though. So you've got two rear-facing cameras, which is... I mean, it's been done before, but not in the same way as this, uh, because Huawei has worked with Leica to manufacture these. So Leica make lenses for, like, proper cameras. Yeah, proper cameras, really expensive yeah. cameras. So, um, I mean, the idea is that, basically, you have one sensor is colour, one sensor is monochrome. And um, when you take a picture, it uses the colour picture, but then uh, the monochrome pi- uh, picture takes in a lot more light and contrast and it makes you know pictures look a lot brighter look a lot more well lit so it should mean the end of poorly lit um you know dark photos but i mean whether that actually happens or not is 
So you, you, had, a, you had a chance to play with the Huawei P9. I did, yesterday. yeah. Well, we actually got to take one home, which is the most exciting thing about it. So I've been snapping pictures on the tube and kind of everywhere that I've gone. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's really nice. It's really thin. It's 6.95 millimetres thin. So it's a, a one and a half millimetres thinner than the iPhone 6S. And it has like an incredibly slim bezel around the edge of the screen. So it looks like it's edge to edge. It's not quite edge to edge. There's like a 1.75 millimetre bezel, um, but it's pretty much invisible it looks really and, nice and the specs these are flagship specs yeah yeah flagship uh you got the brand new kirin 955 processor with three gigabytes of ram it's 32 gig of storage <laughs> oh yeah it's all very sexy stuff yeah <laughs> and so to the uninitiated listener who may not know <laughs> who are huawei huawei they're a chinese brand i mean they're massive i mean they huge company huge yeah that's that's one way to describe them i mean i'm pretty sure they do a lot of the infrastructure for kind of in, in the uk and around europe and, sure um but they're kind of you know, traditionally they, they, make networking products. Yeah, there but they go. are also, I believe, one of the top, certainly one of the top ten, if not top five, smartphone manufacturers yeah. in the world. Yeah, they're they, number three at the moment. That's Chris Martin, listener. He's our engineer and <laughs> uh, editor, and he's shouting in from the sidelines because he also knows about Huawei. Chris knows a lot about Huawei, but yeah, no, it's, it's just the issue is with Huawei is that um, they don't have a lot of, you know, you don't get a lot of excitement about Huawei products in Europe until now because last night, you know. Uh, uh, networks like E3, Vodafone, O2 have all confirmed that they're all going to be stocking the Huawei P9 for contract users. And this is big news, right? Because in the past we've had Huawei phones uh, yeah. announced with, with great uh, fanfare. We've reviewed them. They've been good phones. Uh, and then you just Nothing. can't get them in the UK. Nothing happens with them. It's like with the uh, Huawei Mate S. Uh, I went to the launch in Berlin in September last year. And there's this massive fanfare. It's all very exciting stuff. And they said, yeah, it's going to be available in October. It's going to be great. Uh, October came and went it wasn't available you know they kind of had limited stock here and there but we didn't really see a lot from it in 2015 in general so it's kind of a classic case of a large company that we haven't or we may not have heard of in the UK doesn't have great brand values in the UK principally because it's huge but it's huge in China yeah China has a lot of people listeners so it doesn't need necessarily (laughs) to be to be all that big in a a small country like the UK but clearly we're an important market and Huawei's essentially throwing money at, at getting this what looks to be excellent product. Yeah, I mean, well, market. Huawei have always been known for making, you know, the premium nice uh, smartphones with, you know, what, what, like £200 cheaper than their competitors, really. I mean, rumours suggest that the P9 is going to be about £450 in the UK, which, you know, puts it at, well, it's about... It's about half what the, what the big smart... Uh, yeah, you know, you know, I mean, like, you know, if you compare it to, like, the Galaxy S7 yeah. Edge or, you know, the iPhone 6S, you're looking at at least two, £200, £300, depending on the storage capacity you get. Yeah. Uh, cheaper in pricing. You know, it's worth it, I think. And it does look nice, doesn't it? Because I haven't actually yeah. seen the phone, I've seen photos of it. It looks like a desirable object that I would be proud to have on me. Yeah, I think Huawei does really well with their design. It's kind of very, you know, it's very slim, right? It's very sleek, it's very sexy looking, and they've got loads of different finishes and different colours for it, so you can kind of... Choose one that's exactly right for you, which is a nice option. I mean, Lewis showed it to me this morning. Uh, the, the phone? The phone. The phone. And, uh, <laughs> Let's just clarify. And I was, I was wowed. I think it looks fantastic. You and were wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I was wow. I was wow. Wow, <laughs> And I, I, the design on the back, the, what did you call it? The touch back. I, well, you can't like call it touch ID. It's uh, just <laughs> fingerprint, finger, rear-facing fingerprint scanner. So when you're holding the phone, yeah. you've already got your finger on the back of the phone, so you can just tap it to unlock it. And you can it, also swipe it, you said. You can swipe down to access the notification center, double tap it to kind of clear the notification center settings, swipe between pictures and gallery. It's got kind of different functions to it. It's not just a one pony. Lewis is doing yeah. some quite vigorous uh, finger gestures. <laughs> I, I do sometimes worry that his personality doesn't come across well in audio yeah. because he's such a visual man. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I could say sitting on the opposite side of the table to him, Christina and I are quite relieved. <laughs> this is not 
a three D eyes poked out of all sorts. So I think another critical issue about this company, and the word is spelt H U A W E I, I think is that right? Yeah, is pronunciation. Now you've done some lovely pronunciation there, Lewis. Christina, would you like to pronounce that word? Huawei. Huawei. Yeah, David Price. Huawei. My understanding from our, our Chinese colleague who worked with us last year was that you don't pronounce the H. Nope. It's Huawei. That's what I've been told as well, yeah. We're all putting slightly racist faces. <laughs> What's a racist face? Well, all I'm saying, listener, is that there are some racist faces. That's... <laughs> I'll leave wow. it at that. I'm going to move this on fairly swiftly. So, uh, knowing the market as you do, Lewis, uh, do we think the Huawei P9 is likely to succeed? I mean, judging by, you know, the amount of effort that Huawei's gone to, to to showcase the phone, you know, you know, there was there must have been at least a thousand, two thousand people in that hall yesterday and most of the press got their own Huawei P9 to take away to review. So, you know, they're really pushing it in terms of coverage. You know, you've got the UK carriers involved, you can, you know, the likes of Carpen Warehouse are probably gonna stock it. So, you know, it's in terms of getting it out there for the consumer yeah. to see, it's there now. Whereas in the past Huawei's kind of been this brand you might have heard of, but you're not so, quite sure about So if you rock up to a high street store at the end of your contract, which is basically where the churn is in the yeah. market and you know, the salesperson will presumably, if they're putting this much money into it, be incentivized to sell this product. And yeah. it's like, look, you can have the Samsung, which will be a mid-range product, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a better product, better camera, better yeah. specs, ostensibly, and it'll cost you the same. Yeah. Then, yeah. Essentially. And the fa- and I've, I've just, actually, I've just got an email uh, this morning saying that well one of the carriers, I know, great, isn't it? <laughs> one of the carriers, I can't remember which one, um, is actually offering the Huawei P9 with a smartwatch and all those other little bits yeah. and bobs for their Huawei manufacturers. So that, that's Huawei funding that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. They've also got Scarlett Johansson and Henry Cavill. Oh, have to do their adverts, yeah. Okay. Do you think that's such a good idea after the, uh, the reaction to... Uh, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Is he a tarnished brand there? I don't know. I mean, Henry Cavill's brother used to work for PC Advisor, so oh, we're, yeah. we're very Thumbs up all around. Uh, I say nothing against him. David, from a from an Apple perspective, uh, you know, with your uh, deliberately less detailed knowledge of the Android <laughs> markets, um, you know, do you, do you, do you have any questions to ask Lewis about this? Do you do? You... Well, I. This would be slightly disingenuous because Lewis has actually been giving me the uh, the sneak preview of this. Um, but keep I, to the phone. <laughs> I heard that there are a couple of little slip ups in the presentation <laughs> that suggest, even though I, you know, I, I said earlier that I think the um, uh, the fingerprint scanner on the back yep. is is very nice. It's a new idea. It's very original. But some other aspects of it may be reminiscent of Apple. And yeah. he sort of gave that away. Yeah, it was really awkward. Um, it was announced in the P9 Plus, the bigger variant of the P9. And that has Press Touch, which the Mate S uh, came with as well. Um, but instead of calling it Press Touch, which is the Huawei branded version of, of Apple's 3D Touch, or their Force yeah. Touch, whatever you want to call it, he, he announced it as Force Touch. And then he kind of essentially said, well, they're both the same thing anyway. <laughs> so that was a little bit awkward. Press Touch <laughs> is a terrible name. Though. Press Touch is a hideous That's name. like police cops, isn't it? We need to grow up on these things, don't we? It's like when, you know, Samsung launch a phone and they won't mention Android yeah. or, you know, Apple and Microsoft and Google. They're all the same. They won't mention the other products. No. Uh, although to our point, <clears throat> to our conversation last week, Microsoft has started talking about Apple in presentations and it's a real relief because it's like it's not as if people don't think those companies exist um so it was a slightly uh clunky presentation yeah the presentation kind of went on for quite a long time it went on for so long (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of you know the the main presentation uh where they announced the phones was there and it was all great and you had the ceo of huawei on stage and he was showing you the phone and the cameras and everything and it was all great 
And then he kind of left. He was like, right, this is the phone. Here's the pricing. Bye. And then the screen kind of, the, the stage went dark. And then we thought that was it. We we're going to go hands on. But no, the uh, the woman who was kind of leading the whole the whole presentation came back and announced that we were going to talk to, well, listen to some photographers that had used the phone. Mm. That went on for about half an hour to 45 minutes. Ruddy hell. And then um, you had Henry Cavill come on stage and then he was talking for about 10, 15 minutes. And <laughs> did I think he mention he had... that his brother used to work for PC? He did not. I was, really, I was waiting for the shout out, but yeah. it didn't come. And I think um, there were some water queue issues as well. So he's kind of standing there. He was telling everyone how much he enjoyed the phone and then he's just standing there in silence for a few seconds <laughs> he stand there while he silence. was waiting for the auto queue to scroll up. <laughs> Christina did a proper... I swear. Yeah, I uh, Christina, would you Henry Cavill over uh, uh, Elon Musk? Oh no, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, all the way. Yeah, interesting. I've never heard this angle on, on Elon Musk before. Is he a, oh, is Christ- he a hunk? Christina's a big fan of Elon uh, Musk. Yeah, this is that's a whole other podcast. I couldn't love him more. Does anybody else think so? So the name of the product is the letter P and the numeral nine, mm-hmm. which makes sense written down. But we've been saying P nine a lot in this conversation. <laughs> I was wondering who would bring this up. Of course, it's Matt. Okay, good. We've covered the subject. Let's go around the room. Uh, Huawei P9 launch. Hua, whoa, whoa, whoa. Or Hua, hey, Christina. Wahey! <laughs> that was quite a lot. <laughs> Technically, the question was Hua, hey or Hua, whoa, but we'll go with that. Lewis? Hua, hey. I'm also Hua, hey. I have one question left, actually, which is what's Shoot. the battery life like? A 3,000 milliamp uh, battery in the P9, which the company claims will last uh, 1.2 days with with hardcore usage or one and a half days with just normal usage. I mean, whether that's hardcore usage anyway. (laughs) Disgraceful behaviour. Hardcore usage. But yeah, no, it's kind of like... Sounds pretty good. It sounds good, whether it it is or not. (laughs) Right, we're back in two minutes. David Price. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I am sending you a secret message. But why this week of all weeks? What's up with WhatsApp? I'll, t- I'll tell you that in a minute. I want to know what that message was. Right, Can you decode it? You've got, to, you've got to de-encrypt it. I don't. I'm worried yeah. now. This week uh, is actually very significant in the world of uh, encryption because WhatsApp has rolled out encryption, end-to-end encryption, for all of its users. And that is a cool billion people. Which is, I think you don't need me to say, very significant. It's a lot of people. It is. Um, WhatsApp is sort of known as being um, a pro-encryption company, a pro-privacy company. Well, it came from, I believe, it came from Eastern Europe. And well, came... one, of, one of the founders is Ukrainian, right? Um, Jan Kuhn probably not saying that uh, right but obviously he knows uh, a thing or two about intrusive governmental surveillance growing up in ukraine sure uh, came over to america and worked for yahoo and, and started the company from from there uh, and they rolled out um a form of end-to-end encryption back in 2014 which only applied to their <coughs> android their android users and only for voice messages right no not voice messages normal messages it didn't apply to um pictures and videos and things like that but now they've they've done they've gone the full uh, the full nine yards and so now everybody that uses it if they update to the latest version will have um, full end to end encryption with uh, forward secrecy which is also significant. So uh, I mean I didn't actually update anything. I presume that means I was on the most recent version of WhatsApp. Yes. Uh, and I just started getting these messages that said, interestingly, a conversation by conversation. 
my message to my wife went first and then the family message. I don't know if there's any significance in that. But telling me that uh, that it was now end-to-end encryption. So yes. in the past, what's happened is, what, the central store of information has been encrypted? Yeah, exactly. But it was like... like they departed encryption, so it would have yeah. been encrypted to the servers. Right. Um, but the point is that if somebody obtained a WhiteApp order and demanded that WhatsApp give up the information, then they could have done because right. they have access to it. But um, the system, the end-to-end system, is that um, when you send a message, your phone contacts the uh, WhatsApp servers and requests an encryption key. And this will be a unique encryption key for each message because that's what's meant by forward secrecy. Then it will send the encryption key back to you. Your phone will use that encryption key to encrypt it, send it now encrypted, now gobbledygook to WhatsApp, then on to your Okay, so WhatsApp recipient. itself cannot decipher the message, right. is the point. Oh. So in an Apple versus FBI style situation. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should mention Apple because um, <laughs> it's odd that I haven't been talking about Apple so far. <coughs> the obvious comparison point for this is iMessage. And yeah. iMessage also has end-to-end encryption, um, which is um, very nearly as good, but not quite, because with um, WhatsApp's um, end-to-end encryption, you can verify... Your encryption key. This is just a small um, additional feature, but when you're looking at your message, you you request the uh, the verification key. It shows you a QR code and um, uh, an alphanumeric code, and you can show or send either of those to the person you're speaking to, and they can compare it to what they're using. They can just scan the QR code, and it will say, "Yes, this is the right code. This is the code that's been used here." Yeah. Um, under iMessage, what? Apple could, in theory, do this is sort of a backdoor that they could use if there was a wiretap and they uh, agreed to it. Is that they could um, they could send you a bogus encryption key? They could send you the correct encryption key and an extra encryption key that the FBI, for example, would be given access to. Right. Um, and even though nobody is suggesting that Apple would do that, yep. there is, in, in principle, a backdoor that you could. In fact, evidence, stop. recent evidence, would suggest that they absolutely wouldn't. Absolutely do that, not. But, yeah. um, okay, that's interesting. And then, are there any other? Uh, I was trying to think. When I first started using WhatsApp, Viber was the big rival, and that seems to disappear somewhere. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Yeah, it's Telegram, isn't there? Telegram is encrypted. And, and, and how does this relate to things like BBM or... Um, you know, uh, messenger within uh, Google Docs and things like that. Because I don't think I don't think those are encrypted. There, there are I, other. I, I suspect they're absolutely not encrypted. That's yeah, kind of there, there are other encrypted options, um, and a lot of people have said that this is a really bad thing because it will allow um, terrorists, for example, to communicate. I hate those terrorists. They're they're. <laughs> I'm starting to think that they're not good people. Uh, <laughs> maybe the, we should just give them a different name. Yeah, maybe. Um, or freedom fighters or something. Well, no, just like funnists or something. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Um, well, 
I'm now actually going to have to talk about terrorism and you've ruined it. So okay. let's get serious. Okay. In the Paris Ooh. attacks, um, it has been claimed that the, uh, the attackers used encrypted data to organise their attack. And they've not said specifically that this was WhatsApp. Although it certainly could have been, because this was after they um, implemented this it. Is, this, is, this is this is politics creeping into tech as well, though, isn't it? Because yeah. we totally. had this with the London riots, that all of a sudden BBM was a target. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. essentially what happened there was that, as always happens, law enforcement and politics were behind tech and almost scapegoating the technology by which people yeah. spoke. I mean, Absolutely. historically, people have... Terrorists, funnists have managed to uh, get together and plot their evil plans yeah you know regardless of of what technology yeah if you watch if you watch the wire it all yeah. looks really out of date burner now phones. but of course yeah they get the burner phones and then yeah. they get the taps on those and they use something else and they'll yeah. find their way around it um I, I i find that we are very inured now to the idea of surveillance uh, in a in a technology context so i, I think of it in in non-tech sort of analogies and i think well if we um, if somebody started using a uh, sophisticated code in their letters, you know, their paper letters that they sent to people, and then the government said, well, I don't think you should be allowed to yeah, write exactly. in code because what if I need to look at it in case you're doing something illegal? Then we tell them to I think they on terrorism. I think <laughs> that, might, that might be the way for okay. something there. So, in other encryption news, the big political story this week is the so-called Panama Papers. David, what's happened there? Well, this is the, uh, this is, well firstly, it's a tax story. Uh, so wake up. It's all right. It's uh, it is an interesting tax story because um, it affects many of the most powerful. In fact, pretty much all the most powerful and rich people in the world. Uh, I think, don't think you'll find my name in there, David Price. Well, we haven't we haven't <laughs> completely looked through it yet, so it might still be in there. How did we find this information? How did this information come to light? Well, that's the critical thing. So um, it's uh, a Panamanian law firm called uh, Mossack Fonseca and they have been giving uh, legal advice to wealthy people around the world for many years. They've had a data breach and they've now said that it was a hack. Um, that hasn't been confirmed. I mean, I suspect there may be an element of um, human involvement. Either uh, somebody on the inside has thought that this is not really moral and they've chosen to get it out there like Snowden did mm. or may, I mean, maybe it's just human error somebody's uh, messed up but the information has gone out there and it's been leaked to um, many many media outlets around the world but to actually make the most of this data stockpile they've had to use um, big data analytics software because without it it would be impossible to make just so big so much yeah. vast information yeah there's, there's more than 11 million documents uh, more than two terabytes of data yeah um, and this is actually, I find this really exciting because this is a form of journalism that exists now and is fantastic for investigative work. Well, it'd make a good slideshow as well. It would make really good snackable <laughs> content. Um, but wouldn't have been possible several years ago um, because this brings um, investigative assignments within the reach. I mean, that in the past would have been monumental in scope mm. and would have been almost impossible. And now it brings within the scope of small teams, which is really quite nicely timed as all the newspapers around the world are coming under the cosh and slashing their um, reporter departments. Mm. Um, but this, yeah, so this is this um, this data has revealed that um, many, many influential and rich people have been employing offshore um tax avoiding yeah. funds no, there isn't an implication that this is illegal Immoral, this is just uh, perhaps if not illegal. It, it is yeah. and and so just to bring it back to the whatsapp encryption story um 
would encryption have allowed our elite overlords to stuff us in secret this way? Or is I suppose what we're saying here is that somewhere along the chain, human error has allowed for yeah. this information to come out. But well, that's if, exactly it. Yeah. If it was all shared on WhatsApp, <laughs> yeah. the, the, that error wouldn't have been possible. That'd be okay. But then um, WhatsApp is yeah. owned by Facebook, right? That does worry me a little bit. Yeah, yeah they've they've made a big thing about how. Um, Facebook is sort of leaving them alone, that they're happy for this to happen. And I get the impression that Facebook would quite like having this um, almost like a vanity project, that they've got this smaller department, still very big, but smaller department that is doing this good stuff. I think it's a bit more than that, though, because if you look at what's happening in the Far East, you mentioned QR codes earlier, yeah. and you know five years ago QR codes were going to be huge in the West and it just didn't happen. But if you look at the way people are transacting in, say, Japan right now, Things like what things that recognisably looked like WhatsApp are the main medium of contact between a business and a customer, including transacting. So people are buying stuff over Messenger, and the fact the very fact that it is encrypted and it's peer to peer, but it is also one to many, um, is making it. It's just kind of in, in in much more than the open internet. It's how people are making purchases and dealing with companies, and Facebook's pretty smart. Recognises this, doesn't quite know how it's going to work out but understands that it needs a better messenger tool than facebook messenger tool mm. or at least another messenger tool as well as facebook messenger tool yeah. to be in that market if as expected it becomes the principal way that we all interact with um businesses over yeah. the next few years i know facebook has an interesting attitude to privacy it does um you still feel like it would it would be happy to protect your privacy from law enforcement yeah but it wants you to share it wants, all it wants your data to be able to to, like to get you to buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. it wants yeah. to be able to sell your data to anonymously to yeah. a company, um, which is which is becomes a very interesting middle ground. It's kind of like Google's business now, which we all benefit from. Which is we know lots and lots of bits of data about literally millions of people. We don't know who these people are. We're not interested in who they are, but we are interested in selling advertising to those people, yeah. not us personally. Horrible people within our company. <laughs> okay, so uh, finishing off our discussion of WhatsApp and in- encryption, let's go around the room. Uh, WhatsApp encryption. What's up, Doc? Or what's up with that? Christina. What's up, Doc? Lewis. <laughs> what's up, Doc? David Price. Um, are we all doing the same thing for all of these things now? What's up, Doc? Yeah, I agree. Well, you, I, can, have, I, if you, want, you, you can have a go at what's up with that if you want. What's up with that? <laughs> that was really good. It's more fun than racist do, face, but it's the uh, <laughs> negative. Okay, moving on from our racist faces, we'll take a short break and then we'll be back in a sec. Christina Mercer. La ya 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 la ya ya la and Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> the end is nigh for Wi-Fi. We're about to say hi to Li-Fi. Why? <laughs> well, well, I didn't have to, have to follow that. Um, yes, Li-Fi, uh, internet through LED light bulbs is a thing. And it's, well, apparently 100 times faster than Wi-Fi. Uh, they test, they've tested it in Dubai. Li-Fi in Dubai, fi and <laughs> no Wi-Fi, but Li-Fi yeah. in Dubai. Yeah, um, and the uh, 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 a telecommunications company called uh, Do, or maybe Du, I don't know. Um, anyway, and uh, they tested it, and they said they can uh, stream audio, uh, video, and essentially what we recognise as internet through LED light bulbs. So the benefit of Li-Fi is speed, essentially. Yeah, it's 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 a lot faster. That I mean. 
there are quite a lot of disadvantages to it, but I'm actually very pro li fi. But uh, it's. So you're not going to tell us what the disadvantages are? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to keep that to myself. No, the disadvantages is basically, obviously, you have to have the light on if you want to use li fi. Okay. Like, which... like a full beam light bulb. Yeah, an, just an LED light bulb. And, yeah. the, and but so to so use it, you have to have the lights on. So if you wanted to use it during the day, that's it's not really that good. So the idea of connectivity also creating light mm. would suggest, at least from layman's terms, that it draws more power. But as I understand it, that's not proven, or it's not in the public domain. Yeah, I think there's not enough usage of Li-Fi for it to be to be known really. But we do know that if you were to have it in your home, for example, you'd have to have an enabled light bulb essentially in every room unless you just wanted to use like Li-Fi in one room. So Li-Fi doesn't talk to Wi-Fi then, so you can't have a network and then um, just boost a bit of it with Li-Fi? No, I don't think so. I think you'd maybe have to, during the day, maybe you'd use Wi-Fi and then if you wanted to do something like stream something quite fast or, sure. or download it, maybe use Li-Fi. But um, what it could be used for, which is quite good, is maybe street lights. So if you were, you were for example, you were needed directions, you were lost or you don't have any data on your phone, you sure. can go stand under a street light. Street light! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you could get, you could, you know, use the internet from there. Sure. Um, because so. that, that in and of itself, in lots of parts of the world, especially uh, parts of the world where they have the same sort of infrastructure as we have here, um, connectivity is likely to become put, uh, to become available to people more through the air than, than through wires. And so yeah. things like this where you could... Be, Light is needed anyway, but you could also bounce a, a connectivity signal off it. It's mm. quite interesting, I suppose. How close are we to this being an actual thing? Uh, in terms of sort of a general rollout, I'm not sure we're that close, to be honest. I mean, Devisor first, uh, well, DU or do it from Devisor first uh, company to actually test it in. But they tested it in the public. It actually yeah, works. like a real life situation. But there, there is a, a company called Pure Li-Fi that has uh, a couple of products. One a, a ceiling light and yeah. also a sort of a desk light. So you could you could buy that product and in your home, for instance, uh, have a faster signal to one yeah. part of your house. Well, I mean, the, one of the things that it could be used for is the Internet of Things because it is so fast, but it's also really short range. So it's quite secure. Right. Um, and that's quite a, a big thing. So that speaks to uh, the sort of broader conversation I want to have, really, which is you know, asking the other guys, connectivity in general, you know, where do you think we are these days? Does it feel okay? Or, you know, what are the limitations? Do you feel like your home broadband is sufficient, but are there things that you would like to do in the future that you can't do right now because of connectivity? Um, my, well, my home broadband is terrible. And I've just um, I've just installed... One of those uh, extenders, and I Keep thought it to the Wi-Fi, David. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I thought it had fixed all my woes, um, and then I went on Amazon Prime Video, and it's worse than yeah, before. See, that's the thing, isn't it? It's streaming media. Yeah. Lewis, mm. you strike me as someone who, you know, you're a gamer. Yeah. You, you must require a robust connection to do yeah. the stuff you do. I mean, when I'm when I'm gaming, <laughs> I require my, uh, you know, my LAN connection because yeah. the Wi-Fi just isn't there, even yeah. with. I mean, with things like the PlayStation 4, they've only got 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi available. Um, so it's very slow and it's pretty crap. So you need the cable. Um, so I think the, the, you know, the, the main thing that we need to work on is Wi-Fi speed. And, you know, 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi is fast, but the range is a bit crap. Yeah. Um, so we need some kind of hybrid system where you've got the reliability of the 2.4 gigahertz channel and, you know, the speed and, and, and you know, of the 5 gigahertz channel. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're all working towards. But then you have the other issue of compatibility with yeah. products. Mm-hmm. 
because that's when you start getting a massive headache. Like with Li-Fi, Li-Fi, you know, you could buy yourself a Li-Fi bulb, but you couldn't use it with any of your phones, yeah. your existing phones, because they don't have the tech built in. So, yeah, because the idea of a, a short-range peer-to-peer uh, connection that's really fast yeah. sounds great. But yeah. as you say, it wouldn't be practically useful. Sorry, Christine. No, I you say that with phones, but um, Apple in the, uh, uh, was it iOS 9, in the source code, there's it says Li-Fi capabilities. Ooh. So it... David's interested. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it could, it, uh, you know, they're obviously maybe recognizing it as a technology that they're going to go towards. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I mean, how much, I mean, all it said literally was Li-Fi capabilities. I wonder whether that's a bit of a future-proofing thing as well. I mean, mm. David, you probably know more about this than anybody else, but are there lots of things in the source code, just well, in case? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's one of those things people comb through it and they find stuff and then it becomes mm. a rumour yes but by no means does it always so a bit like we said uh, we've said in the past about the way they uh, they kind of do the, the canaries in the mine uh, to do with security so they'll say something uh, like in, in the T's and C's like we will not give your information to a government agency on the basis that if that disappears you know that they might be forced to do that in the same way you might if Li-Fi ever disappears from the source code that's probably significant mm-hmm. if it's there that probably just means Apple is aware of it uh, and thinks if it becomes a big thing in the future, they want to be prepared, but that's it, basically. Is there any, and I'm coming to this as a, a total neophyte, um, is is there any sort of health implication for this? It, this is like a strobing light, well, but just... No, because it, it, um, the way that the light bulb works, it's like dipped and dimmed so fast that you can't see it with the, the human eye, so it just looks Ooh. like a normal light bulb. But it's that dipping that's and dimming amazing. which sort of creates um binary code yes uh, that'll be interesting I, I guarantee you there was somebody who says that makes the loop whether, yeah, whether or not it does I mean, I there's still people that. who say that the wi-fi frequencies make them aren't they? So, yeah but but the wi-fi alliance have come back i mean i don't know if it was in direct sort of like hey don't don't get carried away with this li-fi we've got <laughs> other stuff that that's good so they we've got <laughs> di-fi, <and> di-fi. <laughs> well they've got they created wi-fi halo which but it's spelled ha-lo just annoying. Um, and they, a normal halo spell hat low. Two words. N- no, Hi. yeah. But um, uh, so, and that's meant to be specifically for the Internet of Things right. as well. So, because obviously one of the things that Li Fi has over Wi Fi is that it, it is sort of tailored towards a lot more fast, fast data transmitting and what, connected to more devices because it is so fast and it's short range, so it is securer. Uh, secure, yeah, Most and <laughs> and um, so they've come back with that, and um, interesting. So sort of maybe a retort. Watch this space, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, uh, given that uh, in-depth and very discussion on Li-Fi and Wi-Fi, let's go around the room. Uh, high five to Wi-Fi or bye bye to Wi-Fi, Christina Mercer. <laughs> high five to Wi-Fi. No, I changed my mind. <laughs> the other one. A woman's prerogative. <laughs> So you're saying bye bye to Wi Fi? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you've changed in the space of no, no. What, I think bye she bye intended to... to say bye bye to Wi Fi. Yeah, I did. And high five to Wi Fi. Yeah. But the the question oh, is high five to Wi Fi or bye bye to Wi Fi. Lewis Payne's very confused. Yeah. I'm going high five to Wi Fi. I love my Wi Fi. I pleadingly, I've got to come up with a new one, which is I think that I think that Wi Fi is sci fi. Wow. Ooh. So you're saying high five to Wi Fi? Uh, Essentially. Yeah. 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 Sure. Cool. <laughs> that okay. One. Watch your space. Li-Fi sounds interesting, but we're, I guess we're saying not just yet. Mm. Thank you, everybody, and thank you to listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Do get in touch to let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake us down for cash. 
You can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. But put podcast in the subject line or we won't know what you're talking about and we'll just ignore your email. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech, courtesy of our good friends Audio Technica. Do find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And don't forget to subscribe. Uh, don't forget to uh, give us a review uh, and tell your friends. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, Bye. guys. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.